Section 1 of Around the World on a Bicycle, Volume 1. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by John B. Around the World on a Bicycle, Volume 1 by Thomas Stevens. Chapter 1, Part 1. Over the Sierra Nevada, Part 1. The beauties of nature are scattered with a more lavish hand across the country lying between the summit of the Sierra Nevada mountains and the shores where the surf romps and rolls over the auriferous sands of the Pacific in Golden Gate Park than in a journey of the same length in any other part of the world. Such at least is the verdict of many whose fortune it has been to traverse that favored stretch of country nothing but the limited power of man's eyes prevents him from standing on the top of the mountains and surveying at a glance the whole glorious panorama that stretches away for more than two hundred miles to the west terminating in the gleaming waters of the pacific ocean could he do this he would behold for the first seventy-five or eighty miles a vast billowy sea of foothills clothed with forests of sombre pine and bright evergreen trees and lower down dense patches of white-blossomed chaparral looking in the enchanted distance like irregular banks of snow then the world-renowned valley of the sacramento river with its level plains of dark rich soil its matchless fields of ripening grain traversed here and there by streams that emerging from the shadowy depths of the foothills wind their way like gleaming threads of silver across the fertile plain and join the sacramento which receives them one and all in her matronly bosom and hurries with them on to the sea towns and villages with white church spires irregularly sprinkled over hill and vale although sown like seeds from the giant hand of a mighty husbandman would be seen nestling snugly amid groves of waving shade and semi-tropical fruit trees beyond all this the lower coast range where toward san francisco mount diablo and mount tamalpais grim sentinels of the golden gate rear their shaggy heads skyward and seem to look down with a patronizing air upon the less pretentious hills that border the coast and reflect their shadows in the blue water of san francisco bay upon the sloping sides of these hills sweet nutritious grasses grow upon which peacefully graze the cows that supply san francisco with milk and butter various attempts have been made from time to time by ambitious cyclers to wheel across america from ocean to ocean but around the world the impracticable scheme of a visionary was the most charitable verdict one could reasonably have expected the first essential element of success however is to have sufficient confidence in oneself to brave the criticisms to say nothing of the witticisms of a skeptical public 
so eight o'clock on the morning of april the twenty second eighteen hundred and eighty four finds me and my fifty-inch machine on the deck of the alameda one of the splendid ferry-boats plying between san francisco and oakland and a ride of four miles over the sparkling waters of the bay lands us twenty-eight minutes later on the oakland pier that juts far enough out to allow the big ferries to enter the slip in deep water on the beauties of san francisco bay it is perhaps needless to dwell as everybody has heard or read of this magnificent sheet of water its surface flecked with snowy sails and surrounded by a beautiful framework of evergreen hills its only outlet to the ocean the famous golden gate a narrow channel through which come and go the ships of all nations with the hearty well-wishing of a small group of oakland and frisco cyclers who have come out of curiosity to see the start i mount and ride away to the east down san pablo avenue toward the village of the same spanish name some sixteen miles distant the first seven miles are a sort of half macadamized road and i bowl briskly along the past winter has been the rainiest since eighteen fifty seven and the continuous pelting rains have not beaten down upon the last half of this imperfect macadam in vain for it has left it a surface of wave-like undulations from out of which the frequent boulder protrudes its unwelcomed head as if ambitiously striving to soar above its lowly surroundings but this one don't mind and i'm perfectly willing to put up with the boulders for the sake of the undulations the sensation of riding a small boat over the gently heaving waves of the murmuring sea is i think one of the pleasures of life and the next thing to it is riding a bicycle over the last three miles of the san pablo avenue macadam as i found it on that april morning the wave-like macadam abruptly terminates and i find myself on a common dirt road it's a fair road however i have plenty of time to look about and admire whatever bits of scenery happen to come in view there are few spots in the golden state from which views of more or less beauty are not to be obtained and ere i am a baker's dozen of miles from oakland pier i find myself within an ace of taking an undesirable header into a ditch of water by the roadside while looking upon a scene that for the moment completely wins me from my immediate surroundings there is nothing particularly grand or imposing in the outlook here but the late rains have clothed the whole smiling face of nature with a bright refreshing green that fails not to awaken a thrill of pleasure in the breast of one fresh from the verdureless streets of a large seaport city broad fields of pale green thrifty-looking young wheat and darker-hued meads stretch away on either side of the road and away beyond to the left through an opening in the hills can be seen as through a window 
the placid waters of the bay over whose glittering sunlit surface white-winged aristocratic yachts and the plebeian smacks of greek and italian fishermen swiftly glide and fairly vie with each other in giving the finishing touches to the picture so far the road continues level and fairly good and notwithstanding the seductive pleasures of the ride over the bounding billows of the gently heaving macadam the dalliance with the scenery and the all too frequent dismounts in deference to the objections of phantom-eyed roadsters i pulled up at san pablo at ten o'clock having covered the sixteen miles in one hour and thirty-two minutes though of course there's nothing speedy about this to which desirable qualification indeed i lay no claim soon after leaving san pablo the country gets somewhat choppy and the road a succession of short hills at the bottom of which modest-looking mud-holes patiently await an opportunity to make one's acquaintance or scraggy-looking latitudinous washouts are awaiting their chance to commit a murder or to make the unwary cycler who should venture to coast think he had wheeled over the tail of an earthquake one never minds a hilly road where one can reach the bottom with an impetus that sends him spinning halfway up the next but where mud-holes or washouts resolutely hold the fort in every depression it is different and the progress of the cycler is necessarily slow i have set upon reaching susan a point fifty miles along the central pacific railway to-night but the roads after leaving san pablo are anything but good and the day is warm so six p m finds me trudging along an unridable piece of road through the low tule swamps that border susan bay tule is the name given to the species of tall rank grass or rather rush that grows to the height of eight or ten feet and so thick in places that it's difficult to pass through in the low swampy grounds in this part of california these tool swamps are traversed by a network of small sluggish streams and sloughs that fairly swarm with wild ducks and geese and justly entitle them to their local title of the duck hunter's paradise ere i am through this swamp the shades of night gather ominously around and settle down like a pall over the half-flooded flats the road is full of mud-holes and pools of water through which it's difficult to navigate and i am in something of a quandary i am sweeping along at the irresistible velocity of a mile an hour and wondering how far it is to the other end of the swampy road when trice welcome succor appears from a strange and altogether unexpected source i had noticed a small fire twinkling through the darkness away off in the swamp and now the wind rises and the flames of the small fire spread to the thick patches of dead tulle in a short time the whole country including my road 
is lit up by the fierce glare of the blaze so that i am enabled to proceed with little trouble these tools often catch on fire in the fall and early winter when everything is comparatively dry and fairly rival the prairie fires of the western plains in the fierceness of the flames the next morning i start off in a drizzling rain and after going sixteen miles i have to remain for the day at elmira here among other things of interest i learn that twenty miles farther ahead the sacramento river is flooding the country and the only way i can hope to get through is to take the central pacific track and cross over the six miles of open trestle work that spans the sacramento river and its broad bottom lands that are subject to the annual spring overflow from elmira my way leads through a fruit and farming country that is called second to none in the world magnificent farms line the road at short intervals appear large well-kept vineyards in which gangs of chinese coolies are hoeing and pulling weeds and otherwise keeping trim a profusion of peach pear and almond orchards enlivens the landscape with a wealth of pink and white blossoms and fills the balmy spring air with a subtle sensuous perfume that savors of a tropical clime already i realize there's going to be as much foot riding as anything for the first part of my journey so while halting for dinner at the village of davisville i deliver my rather slight shoes over to the tender mercies of an irish cobbler of the old school with carte blanche instructions to fit them out for hard service while diligently hammering away at the shoes the old cobbler grows communicative and an almost unintelligible brogue tells a complicated tale of irish life out of which i can make neither head tail nor tail though nodding and assenting to it all to the great satisfaction of the loquacious manipulator of the last who in an hour hands over the shoes with the proud assertion their last ye's be jabbers to omaha reaching the overflowed country i have to take to the trestle work and begin the tedious process of trundling along that aggravating roadway where to the music of rushing waters i have to step from tie to tie and bump 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 my machine along for six weary miles the sacramento river is the outlet for the tremendous volumes of water caused every spring by the melting snows of the sierra nevada mountains and these long stretches of open trestle have been found necessary to allow the water to pass beneath nothing but trains are expected to cross this trestle work and of course no provision is made for pedestrians the engineer of an approaching train sets his locomotive to tooting for all she's worth as he sees a strayed or stolen cycler slowly bumping along ahead of his train but he has no need to slow up 
for occasional cross-beams stick out far enough to admit the standing out of reach and when he comes up alongside he and the fireman look out of the window of the cab and see me squatting at the end of one of these handy beams letting the bicycle hang over that night i stay in sacramento the beautiful capital of the golden state whose well-shaded streets and blooming almost tropical gardens combine to form a city of quiet dignified beauty of which californians feel justly proud three and a half miles east of sacramento the high trestle bridge spanning the main stream of the american river has to be crossed and from this bridge is obtained a remarkably fine view of the snow-capped sierras the great barrier that separates the fertile valleys and glorious climate of california from the bleak and barren sagebrush plains rugged mountains and forbidding wastes of sand and alkali that from the summit of the sierras stretch away to the eastward for over a thousand miles the view from the american river bridge is grand and imposing encompassing the whole foothill country which rolls in broken irregular billows of forest-crowned hill and charming vale upward and onward to the east gradually getting more rugged rocky and immense the hills changing to mountains the vales to canyons until they terminate in bald hoary peaks whose white rugged pinnacles seem to penetrate the sky and stand out in ghostly shadowy outline against the azure depths of space beyond after crossing the american river the character of the country changes and i enjoy a ten-mile ride over a fair road through one of those splendid sheep ranches that are only found in california and which have long challenged the admiration of the world sixty thousand acres i am informed is the extent of this pasture all within one fence the soft velvety greensward is half shaded by the wide-spreading branches of evergreen oaks that singly and in small groups are scattered at irregular intervals from one end of the pasture to the other giving it the appearance of one of the old ancestral parks of england as i bowl pleasantly along i involuntarily look about me half expecting to see some grand stately old mansion peeping from among some one of the splendid oak groves and when a jack-rabbit hops out and halts at twenty paces from my road i half hesitate to fire at him lest the noise of the report should bring out the vigilant and lynx-eyed gamekeeper and get me summoned for poaching i remember the pleasant ten-mile ride through this park-like pasture as one of the brightest spots of the whole journey across america but every rose conceals a thorn and pleasant paths often lead astray when i emerge from the pasture i find myself several miles off the right road and have to make my unhappy way across lots through numberless gates and small ranches to the road again 
there seems to be quite a sprinkling of spanish or mexican rancheros through here and after partaking of the welcome noontide hospitality of one of the ranches i find myself before i realize it illustrating the bicycle and its uses to a group of sombrero-decked rancheros and dark-eyed senoritas by riding the machine round and round on their own ranch lawn it is a novel position to say the least and often afterward wending my solitary way across some dreary nevada desert with no company but my own uncanny shadow sharply outlined on the white alkali by the glaring rays of the sun my untrammeled thoughts would wander back to this scene and i would grow hot and cold by turns in my uncertainty as to whether the bewitching smiles of the senoritas were smiles of admiration or whether they were simply grinning at the figure i cut while not conscious of having cut a sorrier figure than usual on that occasion somehow i cannot rid myself of an unhappy ban owing suspicion that the latter comes nearer the truth than the former the ground is gradually getting more broken huge rocks intrude themselves upon the landscape at the town of rockland we are supposed to enter the foothill country proper much of the road in these lower foothills is excellent being of hard stony character and proof against the winter rains everybody who writes anything about the golden state is expected to say something complimentary or otherwise as his experience may seem to dictate about the glorious climate of california or else render an account of himself for the slight should he ever return which he is very liable to do for no matter what he may say about it the glorious climate generally manages to make one ever after somewhat dissatisfied with the extremes of heat and cold met with in less genial regions this fact of having to pay my measure of tribute to the climate forces itself on my notice prominently here at rocklin because indirectly the climate was instrumental in bringing about a slight accident which in turn brought about the to me serious calamity of sending me to bed without any supper rockland is celebrated and by certain bad people ridiculed all over this part of the foothills for the superabundance of its juvenile population if one makes any inquisitive remarks about this fact the rocklandite addressed will either blush or grin according to his temperament and say it's the glorious climate a bicycle is a decided novelty up here and of course the multitudinous youth turn out in droves to see it the bewildering swarms of these small mountaineers distract my attention and cause me to take a header that temporarily disables the machine the result is that in order to reach the village where i wish to stay overnight i have to foot it over four miles of the best road i have found since leaving san pablo and lose my supper into the bargain 
by procrastinating at the village smithy so as to have my machine in trim ready for an early start next morning if the glorious climate of california is responsible for the exceedingly hopeful prospects of rockland's future census reports and the said lively outlook materialized is responsible for my mishap then plainly the said g c of c is the responsible element of the case i hope this compliment to the climate will strike the californians as about the correct thing but if it should happen to work the other way i beg of them at once to pour out the vials of their wrath on the heads of the frisco bicycle club in order that their fury may be spent ere i again set foot on their auriferous soil what do you do when you hit the snow is now a frequent question asked by the people hereabouts who seem to be more conversant with affairs pertaining to the mountains than they are of what's going on in the valleys below this remark of course has reference to the deep snow that toward the summit of the mountains covers the ground to the depth of ten feet on the level and from that to almost any depth where it's drifted and accumulated i have not started out on this greatest of all bicycle tours without looking at these difficulties and i remind them that the long snowsheds of the central pacific railway make it possible for one to cross over no matter how deep the snow may lie on the ground outside some speak cheerfully of the prospects for getting over but many shake their heads ominously and say you'll never be able to make it through End of section.